0: It's always good to be in church on a Sunday. There's nothing on TV. Trust me, I had a look, and uh, all the good stuff's happening while we should be sleeping. In the soccer World Cup, because it's way better than rugby. Are we going to any real football supporters and like real like you believe in real football, not that oval-shaped thing, but uh, you know we actually have skill, not just. Bruteness. Anybody this morning? Is there any Man United supporters here this morning? It's lucky because otherwise you'll be dismissed immediately. Um, if you support Arsenal, you will go to heaven. And if you support Denmark, which is my mum's home country, then you'll go to heaven as well. So, uh, But if you support Germany, mm, you're in trouble. All right. All good this morning? I always had such a great couple of weeks so far, and hello, it's me. Oh, one day somebody's going to sing the next line. Um, I'm just believing it. I'm praying and fasting. And uh, you know, maybe we should have got, what we should have done to launch this whole series, we should have got Adele to come and sing. Uh, I, I should have thought of that, and she could have opened the whole thing. Um, actually, um, next week we've got Pastor Mike Coe speaking, but the week after that, Trinity will be finishing this series and the, um, the band's actually going to do an item in and around this whole uh, topic of hearing the voice of God. And the first week, we, we learned that to hear God's voice, you're actually going to have a good, got have the right heart, yeah? How many people know that um, you can talk to your kids until you're blue in the face, but if they're not listening and they're not prepared to hear what you have to say, they're not going to hear you, yeah? And so the same it is with God. We can get all sorts of things, distractions, stuff in our lives, which cause us to stop hearing from God. And I encourage you that if you didn't hear that message, and you can go online onto www.cfc.org.nz, and in there you can listen to the message and download it. And then last week we talked about how God actually speaks, and God actually speaks to us, and it's not about us being perfect, and it's not about us getting right. And here's the crazy thing, He still speaks even when we don't hear Him, because I don't know about you, but it takes time to learn to hear His voice. It's not something that's automatic, it's not like God speaks to me and I'm like, oh, that was Jesus. Um, it's it's not like that. It takes time to learn to hear his voice. And God doesn't give up on us. And this is a thing that I hope came across last week. If God's not going to give up on us by coming again and again and again to talking to us, then we can't give up on him because we do. We give up very quickly. We go, oh, I haven't heard from God. No, no, it's not that God has a speaking problem. It's that you and I have a listening problem and he'll keep speaking until you hear. Come on he'll keep speaking to you here because he loves you. And he's not trying to leave you stranded and he's not trying to leave you in a difficult place. And the cool thing is, is that we learned is that he spoke to Samuel, not to the high priest, because God just likes talking to regular folk. Any regular people out there? We learned last week that Dave Morgan is a super Christian, but God likes to speak to just normal, regular people. And uh, I was just joking. And, um, and that's what he wants to do. But today I want to talk about two things. I want to cover two things today. I want to talk about why he speaks and then how he speaks. And and if we don't understand why he speaks, then we have a problem with how he speaks. And so let's get into this this morning. And the key verse that um, we've started this whole series on, and it's John 10:3, where it says, uh, three to five, where it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. This is talking about Jesus. He calls his own sheep by name. I love that he calls us by name, not just, hey, you fellas, come over here. All of you fellas. He calls them by name individually and leads them out. When he has brought them out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. I love that God always goes ahead of me because it helps me to stop making mistakes. Are you with me? And his sheep follow him because they know his voice the bible is very clear that you will know his voice that you'll be able to recognize it and then the thing that goes on it says but they will never follow a stranger in fact they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice the great thing about that scripture is that God promises that you will know his voice but not only that you will know his voice but you'll know a stranger's voice You'll know the wrong voices, because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, is that God? Was that pizza last night? Was that, you know, what was that? And and God is really clear. You'll know his voice, and you'll recognize every stranger's voice. And you won't run to that. You'll actually run away from it, because you'll hear him. Why? Because he calls you by name. The enemy always calls you by your sin. But God always calls you by your name. The devil always calls you by what you've done wrong. God will call you by what he's done right. Are you with me this morning? There's a gem right there. There's a bit of gold. I should have taken notes because it's not even in my notes. And uh, God wants to speak to you personally. He's a speaking God. You know, it's, There's a guy called Dallas Willard. He said this, and I think this is such a great statement. If God doesn't speak today... The greatest disservice we could do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. If God doesn't speak, how do you have a personal relationship? The greatest disservice we could say to people is that God wants to have a personal relationship with you today, but He doesn't talk to you. You can't have a personal relationship with someone who doesn't talk to you. Yeah? Just wait until your son's 16, 17 years of age and he grunts rather than communicating. It's very hard to have a conversation with a grunter. God, you're a bit slow this morning. God wants to speak to you. God is not distant. God is not angry. God is not critical. God wants an up-close personal relationship with you. Let me say this this morning in case you've never heard it before. God is not religious. God is relational. I do not follow a religion. I follow a relationship. I hate it when people say, oh, you're religious. I'm not religious. I'm in relationship with Jesus. There's nothing religious about Jesus. Jesus hated the religiousness of the world. You just have to read the Bible to see how much God did not like religion. God's not religious. God is relational. So let's just have a look at reasons why he speaks, three reasons why he speaks, and then how he speaks. And I believe this will really, really help you today. The first thing is the reason why he speaks is God speaks to facilitate a friendship God speaks to facilitate a friendship it says in Exodus 33 verse 11 the Lord will speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend you know that, you know that God's just looking to have a conversation with you He says he talks face to face with Moses as a man speaks to a friend that's how God wants to talk to you he just He just wants to have a conversation. He wants to be your friend. You know, we used to sing uh, a song uh, a few years ago, you know, um, um, I don't even know how it goes now. Uh, I am a friend of God by Israel Helton. And, um, and it's true. I am a friend of God wants to be your friend. God actually, the reason why he speaks is to engage with you so that you and him can have a friendship. Just like he talked to Moses face to face, he wants to talk to you face to face. He just wants a conversation not an eloquent speech. You know, so often we come to times of prayer and people are like, I can't pray because I can't pray like that. You know, like, I'm, I'm sorry if people pray eloquently, but God's not interested in the, in the quality of the speech. He's just interested in the speech. Yeah. I responded to my kids when they're little and they're like, jaira this morning in prayer meeting, ah, ah, ah. Ah, everybody responded to ah. It wasn't eloquent, but everybody looked in his direction so he could smile and go, yes, it's me. You know what I'm saying? It's not about how well you speak. It's just about speaking. He's not looking for you to have a professional conversation. He's just looking for us to have a regular conversation. And the way to pray to God is the way that you talk to your friends. Just talk to them. Hey, God, bit of a tough day today. hope you can help me out here few things going on just have a conversation with him god does not speak king james english thou sayest unto the lordeth don't, don't don't talk like that that's dumb that's religious just have a conversation god speaks to us cuz he wants to have a friendship and in order to hear from god we have to have a change in our thinking about what kind of relationship that he has with us, because we think sometimes that God wants all sorts of things, and all he wants is just to be your friend. He just wants to have a conversation. Oh, I would talk to God, but I've got to get this and this and this right. You know what? You talk to your friend with all of their faults. They talk to you with all of your faults. So just talk to God with all of your faults. It's all good. He knows them all anyway, and he still wants to be your friend. You may have people that don't want to be your friend because you have a B.O. problem, but God will still want to be your friend. Gosh, it's hard audience this morning. The second reason why God speaks is because He wants to give guidance. The first thing is He wants to be your friend. The second thing is He wants to give guidance. God sees dangers on roads that we shouldn't take, and He tries to guide us. This creates a tension. This is where the tension happens, between us and hearing God's voice is when he tries to guide us. And the reason why he tries to guide us is he wants to guide us away from us doing something that may be detrimental to us. He wants us to avoid some of the pains and things in life. And you're like, well, you know, I I don't really clash with God that much. Well, yeah, I would have to say that you do because if He, you were going down the right road, he wouldn't have to direct you to the new road. And here's the thing, is that we have clashes with him about this because we have what we want to do versus what he wants us to do. But you've got to understand this. He's not trying to rob you of what it is that you think you're going to get. He's trying to guide you to avoid what you don't see around the corner. He's been a good friend. A good friend warns you about that guy that you're dating or that girl that you're dating. A good friend will warn you because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees, and you need somebody who can just go, "Hey, you're so in la la land with that guy. You're not really seeing the way that he talks to you like I do. And all he's trying to do is just trying to guide you. And we can have a tension in that because we feel like God's trying to stop us from having fun. But but you know what? He's just trying to guide you in the right direction. God sees the beginning from the end. He sees the Beginning of your life. He sees the end of your life and he sees everything in between. He knows what's going to happen before it even happens. And we have to trust him. Listen to this in Isaiah 51 verse one, 57 verse one it says, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. You know, when my brother died five years ago in a tragedy, this is the verse that God gave me because I went to God and said, why? 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 Why did he have to die? Why couldn't you have saved him? And God gave me this verse and and spoke to me. And as I started to understand a little bit about what was happening in my brother's life before his death, my brother was starting to go down a wrong road. He was starting to go down a wrong road that was going to take him away from God. And I think in God's mercy... He took him before he went too far. He saved him from what the evil was to come. I'm not saying that every person that dies in your world, that that's the reason why. But I'm trying to say this morning is that God tries to direct us because he can see what is to come. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to us and we don't understand it. And why would that happen? But you've got to understand that God understands what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And in my brother's case, I truly believe this, that he saved him from completely walking away from him by taking him. And I'd rather he was in heaven for eternity than he is with me right now on earth. Because I want to spend eternity with him, not just 80 odd years that we're here on earth. God gave me this scripture and it just really, really helped me to understand that God spared him of what was to come. And when God tro- when God guides you, he's just trying to protect you. He knows the end result you just got to trust him. The biggest problem with, with following his voice is trusting that he knows where he's going. But you've got to remember this. Remember, he is a good God that has good plans for you and not for evil. He's trying to keep you from evil so that you can live a good life. And you just need to trust him. Proverbs 3, 6 in the message says this. Listen to God's voice in everything you do. Wherever you go, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. You know, just listen, trust him, that he is going to speak the right things to you that will keep you on track. And if he turns around and says, man, let me just guide you, not too, that's not a good, you don't want to go there. Let me just, just trust him. Trust him that he speaks because he's your friend, first and foremost, and friends always want to keep you from evil. He's just trying to help you. He's not trying to rob you. He's not trying to steal your fun. He's just trying to help you to avoid pain. Number three, God speaks to provide perspective. He speaks to provide perspective, a perspective that he has that you don't currently have. The thing about God is because he sees the beginning and the end all at once, he can see things that you and I don't see. He sees things in a way that we just don't understand. We are so limited sometimes and you have to understand this, that not everything you're seeing is what's actually going on. Not everything that you see with your eyes is actually what's happening. We, we live in a where, where there's two dimensions. There's the natural and there's the supernatural. And sometimes you see things in the natural and you think that's what's going on, but there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the supernatural. How many people know this, that when somebody comes and offends you or hurts you, The Bible says it's not that person, but it's the principalities and powers behind that person. Because the Bible says this, we don't war against flesh and blood against people, but against principalities and powers. And principalities and powers use people to hurt you, but it's not the person that's the problem, it's the principality and power behind. And if we just respond in the natural, we cut the natural person off, but we never deal with the spiritual. And so the spiritual stays there on us, pestering us, because we think that we've dealt with the problem because we removed the natural, but you ne- you never solve a spiritual thing by removing a natural thing. you got to win the war in the spirit first and then the natural. Come on. And so God has this perspective where he can see the natural, but he sees the supernatural. He can see what's happening behind the scenes, the things that you don't see, and he wants to give you that perspective. He speaks to you so that you can see, ah, it's not that my children are evil, horrible things that should go to hell. It's something else. I was just joking. It's not that Craig's mean. It's something else. And sometimes God will even use me to offend you. Why? Because he's trying to deal with something that's behind the scenes the things that you don't see. He's trying to give you a fresh perspective. Not everything you see is what's going on. There's a spiritual dynamic going on too, and God has the perspective of both. And God wants to open your eyes to the spirit realm so that you can see what's happening under the surface of the natural. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind can comprehend. In other words, The natural doesn't help in this area of what God has prepared for those that love him. In other words, you will never see it, you will never hear it, and you'll never be able to understand what God has got for you. But if you will open up to the spirit realm and God can show you what's happening in the spirit realm, then you'll see. You see, we don't look with natural eyes, do we? We listen with spiritual ears. Him who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. We are led By what God says and it allows us to see beyond the natural into the supernatural God wants to open that up for you 2nd Corinthians 5 7 says this we walk by what faith and not by sight it's it's not what we see it's what we hear what is he saying God wants to open up the supernatural to us Hebrews 11 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The absolute conviction that there are realities that you have not seen. It's a conviction that even though I can't see it, I know it's going to happen. Even though I can't see it, I know it's going to happen. Why? Because God's spoken to you and now you have a God perspective rather than the natural perspective. God speaks because he wants to be your friend. God speaks because he just wants to keep you from evil and guide you in the right places, and God speaks because he wants you to see the big picture of what's going on so you have a full understanding of what's happening in your world. Isn't that cool that he does that? You see, you can be seeing defeat. I want you to hear this this morning. You can be seeing defeat, but hearing victory. I don't know if that helps you this morning. It certainly helps me. I can be seeing in the natural defeat but I can be hearing victory in his voice. Come on. I can see what the doctor is saying about my cancer, but I can hear by his stripes we're healed. I can see in the natural that my kids are walking away from God, but I can hear in the supernatural you and your whole household shall be saved. Come on. Come on, you can see defeat, but what are you hearing what are you hearing? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you can look at a situation and go, I know what you look like, but I'm on the winning side. I know it looks like defeat's coming, but I can hear victory coming. I can hear the sound of heavy rain, even though it looks like a cloud, the size of a man's small hand. And, and we've been in a drought for three and a half years. I know it looks like defeat, but all I can hear is victory. Come on. Man, if we get to the place where where we look at it, oh, it looks like defeat. The enemy thought he defeated Jesus when he crucified him on the cross. It looked like defeat, but we know behind the scenes in the supernatural, he went down to hell and he got the keys of life and death and he made a public spectacle of the devil and he rose again. It looked like defeat, but all we he can hear is victory. Come on, friend, if we can just... Open up our ears a little bit to what he says. We'll start to get his perspective and we'll believe what he's saying rather than what we're seeing. And then our lives don't have a defeatist mentality about him, but we have a victorious because I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come on. If God is for us, who can be against us? So this is why God speaks. He wants to be your friend. He wants to keep you from evil. He wants to guide you. And he wants you to see the big picture of what's going on. He wants you to see the supernatural, what the Lord is doing, even though it looks like defeat, you can hear victory. And so that's why he speaks. But I want to talk to you now a little bit about how he speaks. And, and when you look in scripture, God speaks so many different ways. I actually found about 12 different ways that I can see that God speaks, including Using a donkey to talk to Balaam, imagine that. You're so deaf to what God's saying, God has to get a donkey to talk to you. That'd be a scary moment, wouldn't it? I mean, I've seen Mr. Ed, but this is a whole other kettle of fish. It's like imagine that you turn around and the donkey goes, Who's the ass now? Yeah. It's an amazing situation, but what I want to talk to you is one specifically the way that I believe he uses the most, but it's the one that we recognize the least. It's the one that he uses the most, but it's the one we recognize the least because it's called the whispers of God. It's called when he whispers to you. That's why it's so easy not to recognize it in our world that's so loud because he whispers. It's that gentle nudge that he gives. It's that prompting that you have. It's that feel in your spirit that you get as you're trying to understand. And in First Kings chapter 18, we know the story of of Elijah calling down fire from heaven, consuming the altar. And then he goes and kills all the prophets of Baal, 400 of them, and has this great victory. And But then Jezebel threatens to kill him. And so he runs off, worried that she's going to kill him. I mean, the guy has just killed it, you know, like he is the man at the moment. And, and he still runs because of a threat and And he gets to this place where God tells him to go to and he's hiding away in a cave and then God calls him to come out of the cave and starts to speak to him. And it's in 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12, it says, the Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, but after the fire came a gentle whisper. You know, so often we want wanting the earthquake noise, yeah? We want, you know, I, I joke about this quite often. I wish God would just speak to me with flashing neon signs with an arrow saying, go this way unallowed speaker. But God's trying to show something is that is that He wasn't in the wind, He wasn't in the earthquake, and He wasn't in the fire. Why? Because He's a personal God. He, he's, he's not here to yell at you. He's not angry. He just wants to whisper in your ear. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to speak to you. And so we often miss His whispers because He's gentle, But the first thing that I believe God whispers to us is he whispers encouragement. He whispers encouragement. Whenever we're flat and the enemy's telling you, you're not good enough, I believe God is constantly there whispering encouragement to you. He's not yelling at you saying, hey, pull yourself together, mate. Snap out of it. And I think we miss it so often because we've got this loudness of the world or the loudness of the enemy telling you what's wrong with you and, and God's just gently whispering away to you, hey man, I'm for you. It says this in Romans eight sixteen. the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. I love that. He speaks, whispers deep into our heart and tells us that we're God's children. He is constantly Affirming who you are, that you are a child of God, that you're not forsaken, but you're chosen. You're a child. He's constantly whispering, speaking, telling you who you are. Isaiah 55, verse 3 in the message says this Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life giving, life nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you that the same that I made with David, sure, solid, enduring love. He's like, come, get close, listen. I'm constantly speaking, affirming, encouraging, life-giving, life-fulfilling words to you. If you would just come close enough to listen. He says things like, you're my child. You, You may be rejected by your mom or your dad or whoever, but you've never been rejected by him. You're his child. He had plans for you before you were even born. It doesn't matter what your mama and your daddy think or what your uncles and aunties or whatever. God planned for you to be here. I was an unplanned child, the fourth one in my family. But I tell all my siblings, you were planned by mom and dad, but I was planned by God. This makes me more special. You are a child of God. You're not just a nobody. You're a child of God. That's what he says. He says, I love you. He says, I'm proud of you. God is constantly speaking encouraging whispers. You know, with my kids, you know, I, I, it, it doesn't matter what they do or where they go or how far they try to run away from me. They can't run away from the fact that I'm their dad. No one else can be their dad. Just me. Whether they like it or not. And here's the crazy thing, I would chase them to the ends of the earth to help them make right decisions and save them from bad decisions, whether they like me or not, because I love them and they're my child. And I love them and I would do anything for them. And God is your father. And I know some of you have had a horrendous dance, but don't judge him by your natural dad. Judge him by what he's done, that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sin so that you would be free from the bondage of sin. That's the kind of dad he is, that he gave up his son's life so that you could have life. He's not like your natural dad. He's a supernatural dad and he's constantly whispering words of encouragement saying, you're my kid, I love you, I'm proud of you. And because it's a whisper, we so easily dismiss it because the loudness of our experiences sometimes outweigh the whispers of our God. But I want you to know that Isaiah said that the Holy Spirit speaks deep into the heart, into your pain, into your rejection, and he tells you that you are a child of God. God has a great plan for your night, for your life. And he knows what you did last night, and he knows what you did last week, and he knows what you did last month, and he knows what you did last year. But here's the great thing about God, he never kicks you out of his family. You may choose to leave, but he'll never kick you out. The Bible says this, that he'd leave the 99 to save the one. He is all about you. He is all about you. He whispers encouragement. He's proud of you. Well, how can he be proud of me? Look what I've done with my life. He's proud of you because he has the perspective, not of who you are now, but of who you're going to be. Come on. He has the right perspective, not about what's happening right now in your world, but he knows what the end product's going to be. And he knows who you are, and he speaks to that. I'm proud of you. You're my child. I love you. The second thing is he whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. Let me put that into a little bit of christian for you. You've probably heard this said in the church, I just get a check in my spirit. I wish I had one with a whole lot of zeros on it. Oh, it's not that kind of check. Slow this morning. I just get a check in my spirit. It's one of the things that says, that doesn't feel right. You, some people put that down to woman's intuition. It's not. It's the Holy Spirit going, hey, don't do that. Don't go there. It's a check. It's, it's just that feeling you get where it just doesn't feel right. You know, you go into somebody's house, and you've never met the person before, and they seem really nice, but you're just like, ooh, I don't like something that's going on in this house right now. It's a check in your spirit. It's God warning you. It's God speaking to you about what's going on, it doesn't matter, That doesn't mean that we dismiss the person, it's just that God's trying to let you know what's going on. Acts 16, 6-7 says this, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they came to Messiah, they tried to go into whatever that is, but the Spirit did not permit them. This is Paul, Paul the apostle, he wants to go and preach the gospel, and the Holy Spirit goes, no, you're not going there. And then so he thought if he goes a different way and comes in the back door, maybe he can go that way. Because, I mean, he wants to do something good, yeah? How's preaching the gospel a bad thing? Come on. He wants to go and see people saved, and the Holy Spirit's like, no. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knew that if he went, they were going to kill him. It says that later in the story. It's that check. It's it's the Holy Spirit going, hey, watch it. No, you're not going there. They're going to try and kill you. Here's the thing. I know sometimes you think that what you're doing is a good thing. But what you think is a good thing isn't necessarily a good thing. We can so easily ignore the whisper of the Holy Spirit when it comes to warning us because we think, but this is a good thing. Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's the God thing. Come on. There's so many things that we could get involved in in the life of our church. There's so many opportunities. Just about every week, people saying, oh, we've got this person to come and be a guest speaker. I just don't, we just don't get any old person come and preach and come and do the conference and come and preach on a Sunday. It's, it's something that's prayed about. It's something that's thought about. It's something where we go, okay, Holy Spirit, is this good or is this, it's, it's, it's been led. Could be a good thing, but it may not be the God thing. Some of you got so frustrated with God because you're like, man, I thought that was a good thing and it ended up this way. And and it's it's not that he didn't warn you, it's just because it's a whisper and because you think it's good, you just ignored him. You know, you can be right and still be wrong. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses for marrying a non-Israelite after God told Moses not to marry a non-Israelite. And Aaron and Miriam criticized them, and the Bible says that God came down in a cloud, and when the cloud came back up, Aaron and Miriam were had leprosy all over them. God had put leprosy on them because they'd spoken against Moses. You know, it's really weird because what Moses did was wrong, and they're just pointing it out. <laughs> but God says, just because you're right, doesn't just because you're right, doesn't make you right. You can still be wrong. Really, what God was trying to say to Aaron and Miriam is, I'll deal with Moses, you just mind your own business. He's my problem, not yours. You can be right and still be wrong. And so I want to encourage you, let him lead you. He whispers, he whispers things like, don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. I was driving on the motorway yesterday going to get something and I was getting frustrated because the car in front of me for some reason, I thought the speed on the motorway was 70 kilometers an hour. And the traffic just flying by. But, you know, you always look, you look in the mirror, don't you? You're looking for that gap, you know, that's not ever big enough for your car. But you're just looking for that gap. And I could see a gap coming. And I was about to put the indicator on and plant the foot and get into the gap that was big enough for a Mini but not for a four-wheel drive. And I just felt the Holy Spirit go, don't do that. Don't do that. So I just didn't. And you know what? The car that was in that lane that I would have gone into slammed on its brakes. And the car that created the so called gap just about went up the backside of that car. And if I was there, it would have been all over, over. I would have been the meat in the middle of a sandwich. He just says, don't do that. Don't do that. You just get this check. Or he'll say something like this. Hey Amen. In the secret. Go and talk to someone about what's going on. Someone you can trust. But stop keeping the secret. Secrets have a way of coming out anyway. You're better to get in front of them than behind them. Remember the truth sets you free. You know, get get away. Get some help. Go and talk to someone. Get some help. You had that problem for so long. Get over yourself. Get over your pride and go and speak to somebody. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says whenever you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear the voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it he whispers to give you warnings he whispers encouragement three he whispers direction he whispers direction the secret to getting God to speak to you about the direction of your life is to actually involve him in the process so it's like when I have a decision to make I talk to him like I would talk to Trinity and, and I do that about anything. So my car broke down the other week, and I'm talking to God just like I taught the Trinity. Okay, is it time to replace the car? Do I need to replace the car? God, do I need to replace the car? Can you speak to me about this? I need some direction here. Do I need to replace the car? And I felt God say to me on Thursday, no, don't replace it. It's going to be fine. If, if, if I didn't involve him in the process, I wouldn't have heard from him. I probably would have gone out and brought a car. God, I was into... And into debt with a car that we don't need to be in. Are you with me today? You know, even when it comes to buying a TV, it's like I spent two years wanting to buy a new TV, but every time it was like I'll never make a decision right there in the moment anyway. I always go home and sleep on it, but it's always like, God, should I get the TV? See, you, you, th- you think that's weird, but God knows how many hairs you have on your head. Why? Why do, you, why do you think he doesn't want to speak to you about anything and everything? Shall I get McDonald's or Peter Pitt? Holy Spirit says, "Get Peter Pitt, because I'm a sinful man, I get McDonald's. <laughs> Involve him. A new job comes up. I mean, that new job could look fantastic. It's like $25,000 more a year. No, 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 no. God, should I take this job? <laughs> why, why would God not want me to take a job where get $25,000 more a year? Because you're not seeing the big picture. You're just thinking about the twenty-five dollars you're not thinking about the schools that you have got to get your kids into. You're not thinking about whether there's a great church in that place that your family can get involved in. It, life is not just about money; it's 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 everything. You know, I had an opportunity to go to Singapore, as some of you know, before I came here, and go and work in Singapore. But I would have been working in Singapore six days a week. Every second week, I would have been away somewhere. I'd have got one day a week, one day every two, every fortnight with my family. How do you think my marriage and my family life would be? Oh, yeah, it'll be rolling in the DOSH, 150,000 US dollars a year, plus another 50,000 that goes into a a fund that I can pull out when I leave after four years. But how many people know if I left after four years without my wife and my kids, but 200,000 US dollars, it doesn't mean much, does it? Come on. Involve him in the process. Think about this. Remember, he has plans for your future and a hope and good plans for you. Just because it's 25 grand more doesn't mean it's a good plan for you. Come on, friend. Involve him in the process. Luke 2.27 says, Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. In other words, moved, directed, involved in God in the process. Acts 20, 22 says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. In other words, these two verses saying I, I was directed by God. He spoke to me and the Holy Spirit directed me to go here and he directed me to go there. I don't know about you, but I want a life that's directed by God because a life directed by God saves me from evil, saves me from pain, it means we can have a great friendship. I want God to direct my life because I want to go where he's going. He'll say things like this to you, like, slow down, slow down, slow down. Some of you just, just slow down in your lives, just like running around like a headless chicken. Slow down. Take a break. Don't go so quick. I know you're pursuing that, and I'm not saying that I'm not, you know, and, and God might be all for that, but just slow down. Don't be in such a rush in life that you don't spend enough time to stop and smell the roses along the way. Or he might say things like, do it now. You've been waiting, come on, now. It might be a Nike, just do it. It might be him saying, come on, it's time to go. It might be it's time to slow down, but now he might be saying it's time to pick up the pace. But he's trying to give you direction. He's trying to say, you know, watch, take your next step, man. Take your next step. That's really cool. You've done that. Now take your next step. Do this now. And God would, but you've got to involve him in the process. God, what, what step do you want me to take now? God, what, what, what is it that you want me to do right now? Is there any area in my life where I need to slow down? Like, involve him in the process. He'll direct you. But he's, he's in a whisper, remember? He'll come and just speak to you gently. He's not trying to control you. He's trying to guide you. Number four is that he whispers in dreams. He whispers in dreams. God will put inside you something you don't have the ability to do. That's what God does. God will give you a dream. He'll tell you what it is that he wants you to do, and it'll be beyond your ability. And the reason why it has to be beyond your ability is because it means that God gets involved. If it was, up, if it was in your ability, then there will be no God involvement. I don't know how many people I've spoken to say, well, I really want God to do miracles in my life. Well, then you have to have your life in a position where miracles are required. You know, I've said this before, i say it again. There's no resurrection power without a death. So if, if you want that kind of life, if you want a kind of life where God's doing miracles and seeing the miraculous and all that, then friend, you have to put your life in a place where it's required, where it's required. And he will give you a dream which requires miracles, which requires God to do something, which requires him to step into the space because otherwise it's just about you and he doesn't get any of the glory. I don't know if I'll ever be able to buy a house. Yeah, you will if you get God involved in the process because God always makes up the gap between what you can do and the miraculous. Come on, friend. God can do it. It's what he does. He gives you dreams. Job 33, verse 14 to 15 says, For God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. I love it that he speaks again and again. He doesn't just stop. He doesn't give you one shot at it, but he'll speak again and again and again. Some of you, God spoke as teenagers and you've forgotten about it, but then all of a sudden you get into your 30s and then you feel like God's starting to speak to you again. It's because you put a dream in your heart as a teenager that hasn't gone away. He's just waiting for you to go, okay, let's do this. He speaks in dreams. He speaks in dreams and he speaks in visions of the night. Some of you You you, you dream dreams when you're sleeping, and you just think they're dreams, but they're actually visions of what God wants to do. Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. What's prophesy? proclaiming the future before it happens. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. God is all about putting vision and dream and prophecy into you. God is all about putting that in there so that you can see something happen in your lifetime that goes beyond you, that goes beyond what you're doing, that you might see fulfilled in your children or your children's children or your children's children's children. God wants to do something significant, but he can't do the significant if it's completely reliant on us. He, He wants to whisper his dreams for you into your ear and tell you this is what I have planned for you and not for you to freak out but to trust him to trust him that he's going to do this God is going to put something inside of you so that you can be a solution amongst the madness of this world how do I know that that's what God's saying to me because you'll say things like come on man go all in go all in go all in Be in church every Sunday. Get in a connect group. Do whatever it takes. Come on, man, just go all in. All If God's speaking to you about that, he's he's trying to get a dream on the inside of you. Or he might say, come on, man, give God your best. Are you really giving your best right now? Come on, let's give him a little bit more. Let's give him a little bit more. Let's give God a little bit more. I I, I think I need to, you know... um, pray a little bit more, read my Bible a little bit more, or maybe I need to get on a serve team at church. Or maybe give God just that little bit more. you know? Because why? Because he's saying, man, I want you to make a difference. I want you to make a difference. I feel like God says that to me just about every week. I want you to make a difference, Craig. I want you to make a difference today. When that person comes into your office that you're going to talk to, I want you to make a difference in their lives. And, and you can feel this pressure like I've got to do it, but when I understand that it's his dream and I'm just along for the ride, it's actually not me that makes the difference, it's him that makes the difference. It's just that I become a funnel for the difference. We talked about this breaking drought. There's a river of life flowing out from me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see the river comes in from our relationship with him the dreams come in from our relationship with him but then the rivers flow out and it affects and it makes a difference not just as it goes through us but as it comes out of us and he puts a dream on the inside of you not so that you can be awesome but so that he can see your friends saved, and your family saved, and your next-door neighbor saved. You have to understand that on the other side of your breakthrough is somebody else's. And God's always thinking about somebody else. It's you. Yeah, he wants to do it in you and through you, but for them. And he whispers those dreams on the inside of us. And he starts to tell us, go all in. Give God your best. Come on, make a difference. Well, you might be hearing you're like, well, Craig, that's all really, really nice, but I don't hear from God. Well, let me just finish on this this morning. Hearing from God is a posture. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. How many people know when you talk to your kids and you say, I need to have a conversation with you, and they sit on the couch and they do this? How many people know that, one, they probably need a slap? But two, what you're about to say is not going to go anywhere. Because their posture, their attitude. The most frustrating thing in the world, talking to a kid, you're trying to help them, yes? You're trying to save them from pain. Because believe it or not, I was a kid once. I suffered peer pressure. Marijuana was not invented last year. Nor alcohol. Nor girls. They've been around for a long time. And when I was a teenager, I had hormones too. And you're just trying to help them, trying to save them from some of the mistakes and the pain that you've made. And the posture is... I just It makes me want to. I don't do it because prison's not a nice place, but it makes me want to just grab them and beat them. So, hearing from God is about a posture. If you're like this, my life sucks, and God's never done anything for me, and did He die on the cross for your sin? "Yeah, Yeah, but He's done nothing for me. If your posture is like that, God's just, it's just a waste of time. But if your posture is, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and not only is he listening, but he's eager to hear. You imagine what God's going to say if if Madison or Seth sat down with me today and said, "Dad, I see that you're a man of great wisdom. Please pour into me, tell me all the wisdom that you have." How many people know and, and don't just act like it's just me? But you'd be the same, or like, yeah, no worries, got this. Super dad. Yeah. Let me tell you a story when I was young. school came, you, know, you you would, you would, as a parent, you'd just be like, this kid's amazing. I wish your brother could be like you. You, you would pour into them. You'd answer every question that they had. But the one who's like, "Mom and Dad, you never do anything for me. All I want is twenty dollars to go to the movies. You're so stingy." Oh, really? I thought we took you to. I thought we we're taking you to Australia for a holiday at Christmas time. Well, that's then. This is now. Stingy, I thought we went to Fiji for a holiday two years ago. Well, that was two years ago. What have you done for me recently? I I fed you dinner and gave you a bed to sleep in. You know what I mean? It's posture, isn't it? It's posture. It's attitude. It's position. It's speak, Lord. Your servant is listening, and 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 I'm eager. I'm eager to learn. I'm I'm eager to do what it is that you want. Me to do. I understand, God, that the reason why you speak to me is because you want to be my friend. You want to save me from evil and you want to give me your perspective so I can see things how you see them. Help me to hear the whispers of encouragement when the world seems so loud with everything else. Help me to hear the whispers of, of correction so that I don't go off on the wrong track. Help me to hear the whispers of direction as I involve you in the process. Oh, but most of all, God, let me hear the whispers of your dreams. For me, for my family, for my church, for my community, for my nation. Because if you pray prayers just for you, you're selfish. You're not praying prayers big enough. I want to tell you what will tell you about how you think about your world. Listen to what you pray about and it will tell you how big your world is. Because I don't want to just pray for me. I don't want to pray just for my kids. I don't want to pray just for the church. I don't want to pray just for our community. I want to pray for our nation. I want our nation to be saved, not just not just my family. That's selfish. It'd be so selfish to just go, like, "Oh, my family's saved. Hi, I'm everybody else." That's not fair. Tell me your dreams, and I'll tell you how big God is in your world, and He wants to whisper the dream the dreams in your world. And so when he whispers the dreams of what he wants to do here with a daycare center and a cafe and tertiary education and and a retirement village on site so that we can have a freedom center that subsidizes those that can't afford counseling so we can counsel the marriages that are broken and the women that have been sexually abused and the alcoholic can Come straight and the drug addict can come off their drugs and we can help those that have diabetes because we have a nutritionist for free that'll help them and we get them into the gym that's on site so we can help them and we'll subsidize that through the businesses that we run. When you start hearing a dream like that, it's not even about me, it's not even about you, it's about it's about those that don't know him. And I want to hear his voice. I want to hear his dreams, I want to hear his direction, I want to hear his warnings because I want to see people that are broken alive. I want to see the unsaved find Jesus. I want to see the broken marriages healed. I want to see drug addicts on fire for Jesus because that changes lives, but it changes communities, it changes cities, it changes nations. And Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, but he died on the cross so that you and I can speak to others. And I said this last week and I say this again, sometimes the first time somebody hears God speak to them is through you. And I just think we've got to get to a place where we're just like, you know what, I need need to start listening to his warnings, his directions, his dreams. He's speaking to you because he is for you. He's not against you. So as everybody closes their eyes just for a moment this morning, I just want to ask you this morning, If you don't know Jesus, if you've never given your life to Christ, I don't know what you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've heard some really dumb things that seems to be said in the world that God's some judgmental God that just is angry all the time. I want to tell you that if you've ever heard that, it's the biggest lie you'll ever hear. The God I know and the God that my Bible teaches is a God that wants to include everybody He's inclusively exclusive. He wants to include everyone. He died on the cross because he loves, not because he hates, but because he loves. And he wants to tell you this morning that you're his child, that he had designs on you before you were even born, that he decided that you would be here, not anybody else, and that he has great plans for your future. But there's one thing that we need to do, and that is that we need to repent of our sin. The things that we've done wrong, he's already provided forgiveness for it. He's already died on the cross for it. You don't have to do anything else, but just go, hey, God, let's do an exchange this morning. You can have my sin, and I'll have your forgiveness. It's as simple as that. And then God starts you on this journey, not of perfection, because God doesn't need you to be perfect, but he starts you on this journey of speaking to you and guiding you and helping you make right decisions and right directions. And he wants to do that for you. Or maybe you've walked away from God and, and you know, you're just not as close to him. God has, you, you, you realize if you sat here today, it's like, man, I wouldn't hear God if he whispered because I'm so far away, even if he yelled, I'm not sure I'd hear him. But here's the great thing about God, there's no judgment in that. God's just like, man, okay, that's what has, has been, but you can come home today. You can come home today and we can just pick up where we left off. Because that's the great God that He is. And if you're here today and you need to give your life to Christ, or if you need to recommit to Him, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand very shortly, in a minute. And that's all I'm going to ask you to do. When I see your hand, I'll ask you to put it down, and then we're going to pray together. So if you need to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior this morning, you need Him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins. Or if you need to reconnect with Him this morning because you've been long gone, right now, I ask you you just lift up your hand. And when I see your hand, I'll ask you to put it down. is there anybody like that this morning? Thank you.